0: Evidence and Answers. You're tuned to Evidence and Answers. Evidence and Answers is a Christian apologetics ministry led by Dr. Pat Zukran. Pat provides compelling messages from top apologetic scholars defending the Christian worldview and provides valuable resources for every person seeking answers to life's questions, as well as addressing key issues of our time and serves to equip Christians who want to effectively engage their world for Christ. In today's broadcast, we will be looking at the question of why doesn't God make himself more obvious? Now with today's broadcast, Here's Pat. History shows in the Bible that if God performed many
1: spectacular miracles, people still will not believe. For example, there are several periods in the Bible, the time during the Exodus, during the ministry of Elijah and Elisha, during the ministry of Jesus and the apostles, miracles were performed on a regular basis. People were getting healed of terminal diseases. People were being raised from the dead. Miracles over the natural forces were being performed yet in something like the Exodus that entire generation fell into apostasy uh, just a short uh, while later after God had performed all those great miracles in the Exodus and that generation many of them died in unbelief there in the desert and never entered into the promised land. Those who were able to see the great miracles of Moses, of Elijah, of Elisha, and of Jesus himself and the apostles, I would say that a majority rejected belief in the truth that was standing before them and rejected the message that God had sent. So, there really is no guarantee that if God were to do tremendous miracles, that everyone would believe. Second, we've got to have a reasonable standard here. You cannot set up an impossible standard that can never realistically be reached, right? We don't make decisions in life based on 100% absolute certainty, all questions answered, no doubt whatsoever, all right? If that's your standard, you can't function in the real world, right? We make reasonable decisions based on the evidence at hand all right we're reasonably sure all right but we're never absolutely 100% sure that's not the standard you can never be 100% absolutely sure all questions answered no doubt whatsoever in almost any decision you make in life if that were your standard you cannot function in this world for example when you go to the grocery store and you grab that can of corn are you absolutely certain without any shadow of a doubt whatsoever that that label is absolutely correct? No. Right? You're reasonably sure. If you have to be 100% sure without any shadow of a doubt, you wouldn't buy anything at the grocery store. Can you be 100% certain without any shadow of a doubt, all questions answered whatsoever, that the food you eat at a particular restaurant is completely germ-free? is completely good and hazardous from all germs whatsoever? No, you are reasonably sure. Otherwise, you'd never go out to a restaurant and eat, but many of us do. Or can you be 100% certain, beyond any shadow of a doubt whatsoever, that everyone on the road there is obeying the traffic signs and will drive safely? No, you can't, all right? So, does that mean none of us drives? No, we all drive every day on our streets and in our highways in these two-ton vehicles going at 50, 60 miles an hour, 70 for some of you, I've seen you on a highway. So you've got to ask yourself, what is the best explanation for the evidence that we do have? You're never going to have 100% absolute certainty, all questions answered. You come to reasonably sure conclusions, all right? so. You've got to ask what is the best explanation for the evidence that we have in front of us? What best explains the origin of the universe? What best explains the complexity and the design that we see in the universe? What best explains that universal moral law that we all abide by? What best Explains that universal need for God the, the existential need that we have for God and for worship Why is that there? What is the best explanation? You cannot dismiss the evidence because it does not meet up to your subjective standard You've got to deal with the evidence we have. Let me give you an example All right a police officer comes upon a crime scene. It appears that a bank has been looted and robbed But he doesn't have enough evidence on hand to identify immediately who the thief is. Alright, he goes into the bank and he says, Do we have a clear picture of the thief? Right, and the security officer looks around and says, No, we don't. And he says, Do we have a clear video that beyond any shadow of a doubt, a clear video of this guy committing this act and this robbery here and a picture of him? And the security officer says, No, we don't. What's the police officer do? Does he just say, Well, I guess that's it can't do anything aloha see you later no he looks at the evidence that is at hand collects all the evidence that he can you know witnesses fingerprints residue all kinds of as much evidence as he can and he draws a reasonable conclusion that's what he does the officer has to work with the evidence that he has at hand you know in the field that I am in archaeology we rarely rarely come across an intact city standing there as it did centuries ago and rarely do we ever find manuscripts of ancient books manuscripts of the entire book filled with notes and complete records rarely do you ever in fact you you never find anything like that so what do we do we don't say well since there's not enough evidence to my liking that meets my standard I'm not going to do any more research nor am I going to come to any conclusions about the ruins I have before me. No, we don't. What we do is we work with the evidence that is there and we come to the most reasonable conclusion. So the standard we follow is that the evidence must be clear enough to make a reasonable, a reasonable decision. And I believe there's enough evidence to conclude that God exists the Bible is an accurate historical record of God's work on the earth Jesus is the divine son of God who lived a sinless miraculous life died and rose again and so I believe Christianity is the most reasonable choice over the alternatives in light of all the evidence that we have there and I believe there are compelling reasons that one should believe in Christ so we don't set an impossible standard of absolute certainty and then ask the Christian to meet that standard. Not even the atheist or the skeptic can meet that standard on their position. And this is the final one we'll go over today since I want to get to some live questions here. Uh, We'll continue this next week. But God gives us enough evidence to maintain our free will, to preserve our free will, alright. He seeks a love relationship with us so he gives us enough evidence But he does not overwhelm us or strong arm us in order to preserve our free will and enter into a love relationship with him right love requires free will it must be chosen it cannot be forced or coerced on anyone now free will is our ability to make decisions without external pressure or coercion and for us to love god there must be the ability then to enter freely for us to choose God and enter into that relationship. If God made His presence completely undeniable He would be taking away our ability then to seek and to search and to find Him and to enter into that love relationship. So instead of coercion He gives us freedom to reject Him or to pursue Him. He gives us enough light So that if we want more light, we're going to move in that direction. But enough dimness that if we reject the light, we can move back into the darkness. Okay, so he gives us enough evidence and those who are honestly seeking will respond. And those who are honestly seeking truth will pursue that, will pursue him. will look at the evidence there and to them more evidence will be given. Those who reject the evidence that is there before them, God is not going to hunt them down and stalk them to make them believe, all right? Let me give you an example. If I'm interested in a girl, I give her enough evidence to show her that I'm interested. Perhaps in our digital age, I will send her a friend request on Facebook or Instagram or whatever you guys use out there. I know I'm behind the times, but I still use Facebook, but uh, I'll send her a friend request Now, if she rejects that offer, well, I may try again. If she rejects it again, maybe I'll try a little bit harder. Maybe I'll send her a letter or maybe drop a phone call, leave her a message on her cell phone there. Or if I'm bold enough, maybe I'll try and talk to her at work or at school and and maybe ask her out. Now, if she turns down my offers and if I look at her and I say, all right, I'm going to force you to love me. And I continue to pursue her even harder. And I give her gifts every day when I see her at work. And I follow her home. And I sing to her outside her window every night. And in the morning, I'm out there standing in front of her door, waiting there with flowers. And I follow her to work and shower her with gifts. And then when she's done at work, I'm out there waiting with more flowers and gifts and follow her home and sing to her at night. What do we call that? that love? No, we call that stalking, all right? You go to jail for stuff like that. God is not a cosmic stalker right He's not going to stalk you and force you to believe in him. He gives you enough evidence, and if you want to pursue a relationship with God, then you'll pursue it, and he'll present you more. But if you reject the evidence that's there he's not gonna stalk you and force you to believe in him he's not a cosmic stalker he gives enough and those who want more will receive more all right so those are some of the reasons that god remains sometimes what we call hidden and he does not overtly or overwhelm us with the evidence there it's uh, to maintain our free will so that if we want to we have the ability to choose and to pursue him that's why God restrains himself sometimes and seems to be a little hidden and not so overt right so those are some of the reasons for what we call the hiddenness of God or why God doesn't make it so blatant with a glowing cross in the sky or just striking down people who disagree with him with lightning constantly all right well when we come back next week we're going to finish off this answer because it's a really good question and it deserves a full answer so when we come back next week we're going to finish off the answer on this remember for more questions write me at pat at evidenceandanswers.org pat at evidenceandanswers.org so right now we're going to get to some questions here all right so let's take a look at the questions that have come in while i've been speaking all right let's go here's one question it says pat you said god might hold back evidence to preserve our free will but if god really loved us wouldn't he be more forceful to keep us from hell like a father who grabs his toddler from falling off a ten-story balcony great question now remember what i said earlier I said god is not a cosmic stalker all right he's not gonna stalk us to coerce us or forcefully get us to believe in him and in the same way god is not a cosmic bully all right he's not gonna forcefully coerce you in order to believe in him. And we know that if someone really forces you to do something against your will, we actually grow resentful of it. You know, we don't like being forcefully coerced into doing something we don't like. You know, let me give you an example, all right? If I ask a girl out and she doesn't want to go out, I'm not going to stalk her, but let's say I'm more forceful about it. I keep sending her emails every day and maybe videotapes of me. And I'll show up at her workplace, maybe not daily, but maybe once a week or twice a week, let's just say. all right. So I'm being more forceful here, being more coercive. Right? Does she grow greater and greater in love and willingness to go out with me? No, actually she'll get more resentful. Because right? people don't like to be bullied or coerced into something they don't want to do. You know, I actually had a personal experience of this. friend tried to have me meet a girl in Singapore. And, you know, we met once and I realized, you know, things weren't really going to work out. But she kept emailing and sending me messages and sending me videos. And at first, you know, I responded to thank you very much. Thank you. But when it just kept coming and coming, Suddenly, I started to get resentful and I began pushing away. Well, she surprised me one day when she showed up here in Hawaii. You know, and she called me on on my cell phone. I don't know how she got my number, but she called me and said, Pat, I'm here in Hawaii. Can we meet up? I was stunned. Well, after I got over the shock, I was going to say no. You know, because I, I just didn't want this to continue on. But I agreed because I thought, you know, I didn't want her to show up one night outside my window you know in the lightning sitting in a tree out there peering into my condo and so I agreed to meet but you know I was coerced into this and really that night was really uncomfortable for both of us because you could tell that I really didn't want to be there I was getting resentful for just her much more forceful coercion and efforts there so it wasn't causing me to embrace her more was causing me to drive away from her more and that's how we get and so God is not a cosmic bully right it's a love relationship it has to be entered into freely that's why God gives us enough evidence right but he's not going to bully us into a relationship with him and we know that if we're forced or or really coerced into buying a product we really don't want we get resentful about it and it's connected with another question If someone doesn't want to be with God now, he won't want to be with God for all eternity. All right. And for someone who doesn't want to be with God now, for them to be in heaven in the very presence of God, that's what heaven is all about. Heaven is not about playing the perfect round on a golf course every single day. All right. Or floating around in clouds, playing harps and things. Heaven is all about God. He is the centerpiece of heaven. He is what occupies all of our hearts and minds. When we get to heaven, heaven is filled with constant worship of God and fellowship with God. You're not going to go anywhere in heaven and not see God. All right? It's all about God. So someone who doesn't want to be with God now, to be forced or coerced into heaven in the very presence of God, that wouldn't be heaven for them. Right? So God wants us to be in a love relationship. And so he's not going to forcefully bully us into a relationship with him that's how love works all right you can't bully someone into loving you you have to gently woo them as the bible pictures how god woos his people all right and woos people to him he doesn't forcefully coerce or bully them into a relationship with him all right next i think we've got time for one more question here it's yes, another good one here questioner asks even though it's no guarantee that all people would believe shouldn't a powerful God do more miracles to move more people to believe? good question I think we'll go more into depth on this maybe next week it's a really good question but as I stated earlier miracles don't guarantee that people will believe miracles are effective for those who are seeking truth and open to a relationship with God. In several parts in the Bible. God did tremendous miracles before people and many did not believe. As I stated earlier, the generation of the Exodus that saw the great events of Moses in Egypt soon fell into apostasy and that entire generation ended up dying in the desert. You know Elijah when he confronted the prophets of Baal there on Mount Carmel, that fascinating story, well what happened immediately after Well, the nation of Israel didn't go into repentance and turn to God. In fact, King Ahab and Jezebel sought to kill Elijah and he had to flee for his life. And so, you know, miracles don't guarantee that people will believe in God. Now, having said that, in our age, the greatest witness for God is not miracles. The greatest witness for God in our generation really is the gospel of christ the word of god and the people of god romans 1:16 says i'm not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of god unto salvation for all who believe the gospel is the power of god so we have the word of god which is a powerful witness and then secondly it says in john chapter 13 verse 35 jesus said the world will know that you are my disciples by the way you love one another. So those are actually the two most powerful witnesses in our age for God. The Word of God and the people of God. The Word of God which proclaims the truth of God and the people of God who live out God's truth in a compelling manner with a supernatural kind of love. Those are the two most compelling witnesses for Jesus Christ even greater than miracles well we got through that one let's finish the last one we got one more here and it says this the question is if God were real shouldn't he at least meet scientific standards for evidential proof well great question and I believe that goes back to our first show I believe there is enough scientific evidence to make a reasonable decision that God does exist science has demonstrated that the universe has a beginning alright it's called the Big Bang out of nothing God created or the universe was created time matter and energy Einstein's theory of relativity are interconnected you can't have one without the other in other words the universe explodes into being out of nothing well remember whatever has a beginning must have a cause what then is the cause of the universe right and I think god is the most reasonable cause go back to our first show and watch that one and and you see my explanation but i think the best explanation of the scientific data of the origin of the universe points to an intelligent creator second as i stated you know look at the apparent design we see throughout creation a cell is as complex as the city of Shanghai the brain we haven't created a computer that can is capable of doing what the human brain can do and so the more one studies the sciences and you look at the data I think the more and more it's gonna point to an intelligent creator and then remember all right observational science is not the only way to discover truth all right it's not the ultimate measure of truth there are many things that observational science accepts without proof of the scientific method what is the scientific method we propose a hypothesis and then through repeatable observation we come to a conclusion or generate a theory well there are many things science accepts without proof of the scientific method for example, the origin of the universe, the universe exploding into being out of nothing. Well, we haven't proven that from observational science. We haven't. Right? It's an event that happened once and we can't recreate it and observe it again and again and again. But the vast majority, if not all scientists around the world, accept the Big Bang. The origin of life from non-life. Well, we've never proved that in a lab. We never have. Yet, Scientists of the naturalist worldview accept that life came from non-life. Historical events you cannot prove through the scientific method. You cannot repeatedly observe again and again and again the wars of Napoleon or uh, Julius Caesar or Alexander the Great conquering the Middle East. You cannot repeatedly observe historical events over and over and over again. Moral truth. You cannot prove moral truth through the scientific method. right? So, there are many truths in which you, know, you cannot demonstrate through the scientific method. All right? There are other truths we demonstrate through what we call the forensic sciences. All right, It's a little different from the observational sciences. For example, historical events will follow more what we call the forensic method. We look at the evidence that is at hand And then we draw the most reasonable conclusions and i think the resurrection is a great uh, example of that we look at the facts that we have on hand and then we draw the most reasonable conclusions that's how we do historical studies that's how we present our evidence in court and we come to reasonable conclusions so i believe there is enough evidence there if you want to say through science I think there's enough evidence there that points to an intelligent creator a God but remember there's science is not the only way we determine truth right and I think through the other methods that I mentioned the historical evidence logic reason you look at all the evidence we call it a cumulative case you look at all the evidence there is and I think you can come The most reasonable conclusion that you will come to is indeed God exists. Indeed, there is an intelligent creator who seeks to have a personal relationship with us and made it possible through his son, Jesus Christ. Well, thanks for joining us this week on Question of the Week. We're going to continue this subject on the hiddenness of God, and we'll take more of your questions here right on this site or email me throughout the week at pat at evidenceandanswers.org. All right? And so we'll see you next week. Aloha.
0: We've run out of time. Thank you for joining us here on Evidence and Answers Radio Broadcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. If you would like Pat to speak at your church, Bible study, or perhaps hold an apologetics conference, give him a call locally. That number in Hawaii is area code 808-483-0586, or you may contact him through the Evidence and Answers website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. To keep broadcast, like Pat's on the air, we rely on generous support from you, our listeners. For the opportunity to donate, head on over to our website, that's evidenceandanswers.org, and you may do so right there online on the homepage. You'll also find we have a wide variety of resources available to you, everything from atheism to Zen Buddhism, including articles and additional audio you to listen to or download. Be sure to share our website with those around you. Join us again next time on the air or online as we provide compelling reasons for faith in Christ. That's Evidence and Answers with Pat Zucharan.